Good morning, everyone. My name's Raymond Bodkin, and I've been a member of this church since it began 40 years ago in February 1981. I think that may well be before some of you were born. Sai has asked me to share with you today some of the things I have learnt whilst on my spiritual journey. If I were to ask you what were the two most important events in your life, I wonder what you would say. For me, they're my birthdays. Yes, like the Queen, I have two birthdays. The 6th of August, 1935, the day I became the only child of Bernard and Doris Bodkin, and the 28th of August, 1950, the day I became a child of God. I've just celebrated my 70th spiritual birthday. So why are these so important, you ask? Well, if I hadn't been born, I wouldn't be here this morning, would I? And if I hadn't been born again, I wouldn't be here this morning. I was born in Eastbourne Maternity Hospital in Upperton Road. I was born again on the Norfolk Broads. I was spending a week camping and sailing with the Crusaders, a, a Christian organisation for boys that ran a Bible class in Eastbourne every Sunday afternoon. On the Friday evening, the Padre, Major Ian Thomas, gave a talk about the cross. And I clearly heard Jesus say to me, I died for you. Will you live for me? I said yes. And at that moment, I was born again. After the meeting, the major invited four of us young guys to his tent. And then we committed our lives to following Jesus. The major then showed us a verse in his Bible. It was Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 to 9. And this is what it said. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. I trust you have said yes to Jesus, because the first thing I have learnt on my spiritual journey is that if you want an abundant life, fulfilled, purpose-driven, and full of hope. Then, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And it's absolutely true. If you've never said yes to Jesus, I'd love to introduce you to him. Do come and have a chat with me after the service. Or perhaps contact the church office. The second thing I've learnt along the way is to seek to follow the Major's advice and to read the Bible daily. Let me give you two examples of why I say this. The 13th of April, 1959, my first evening of national service in the RAF. I had never been away from home before, and uh, now I was in Cardington, in a billet with 23 other guys who I'd never, ever met before. My reading that day was from 2 Chronicles, 
chapter 20, verses 15 to 17. Let me read it to you. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Wow, what a passage to get on that particular night. The second was on the 3rd of March, 1972, a few years later. It was my first day as general manager of a North London bakery. In the morning, before I left for work, Ruth and I read from Exodus. Exodus 23, verses 20 to 25. Let me read you some of the words that shone out for us that morning. See, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared. Do not bow down before their gods or follow their practices. Worship the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and your water. Note that word bread. Isn't it amazing? I'm taking up the role of general manager at a bakery and God promises to bless my bread. When I arrived at the bakery, Mark Isella, in uh, Mornington Crescent, the general manager I was taking over from said, you're welcome to this lot. They're a load of scheming thieves. That's a paraphrase. His actual words are unrepeatable. God kept his promises. And it wasn't very long before the thieves had left and the corruption had ceased. I was told that I would be there for about a year, but in reality, I was there for four years. And the God truly blessed our bread and our water. I could give you many other examples of God speaking to me from his word. And all these dates I've actually recorded in my Bible. Every five years, I try to find a plan that uh, enables me to read right the way through God's Word in that particular year. And uh, I have found this a tremendous, a tremendous blessing because Paul said that we need to hold and understand the whole counsel of God. And it's so easy, isn't it, just to read our favourite passages and to miss out some of the things that God wants to teach us. You see, the Bible is God's love letter to us. And I'd really encourage you to read it daily so that you don't miss what the Father has got to say to you. Believe his promises and make sure you apply his words to your daily lives. Paul, writing to Timothy, says this, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and changing in training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work.
Let me say something now about prayer and practicing the presence. I learned to pray listening to godly men and godly women who truly did, as Brother Lawrence wrote, practice his presence. My crusader leaders, Norman Gray and Dr. Snowball, Tony Lilly and others, the Youth of Christ leaders I met with early on Saturday mornings once a month, Willie Prentice, Mr. and Mrs. Chapman, the Holdstocks and many others. They taught me that prayer is a two-way communication. Me, talking to God, but also waiting for him to talk to me and listening to what he had to say. They taught me the acts of prayer, that prayer includes adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Then, many years later, God gave me the gift of tongues. But that's another story. I would really encourage you, as Paul sought to encourage the church at Thessalonica, pray continually, or as some versions have it, pray without ceasing. That means one should be in conscious contact with God every moment of every day, at every time, and in all places. Let me just share something now about water and spirit baptism. Ruth and I met at a youth retreat run by Holy Trinity Church at Ashburnham. On the Sunday afternoon, I drove Ruth to Polgate Station as she lived in Purley. On the way, we discussed baptism. She was a Baptist and believed in believers' baptism, baptism by immersion. I was an Anglican and believed in infant baptism. They called it sprinkling. How wrong could she be? In August 1976, sitting by a swimming pool in Halden Court, a Christian conference centre in Exmouth, God said to me, if you want to grow in your Christian life, you need to be baptised. 26 years after my conversion and 16 years after my discussions with Ruth, I was baptised by immersion in that same swimming pool. The leader of the, of the conference was Hans Kunstra, and he invited others to be baptised after I had been baptised. Immediately he said that two young men ran down the bank and in their clothes jumped straight in to the swimming pool and they followed my example. That evening, a young lady who was serving at Horden Court testified to the fact that she had become a Christian as a consequence of those baptisms. That day, I learnt how important it is and what a blessing it is to do what God tells you to do. Bryn Jones introduced us at Horden Court to baptism with the Holy Spirit and that changed the direction of both Ruth and my spiritual journeys. But that's another story. Luke, writing about John the Baptist, says this, John answered them, I baptise you with water, 
he, that is Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The fifth thing I've learned along the way is about word, spirit and worship. And it's so important that we keep these three in balance. It's why this church was actually birthed. Let me say something about the word and the people who really influenced me in all really three of these things. There was Bill Howe, my Bible class leader, who held Bible study classes for us boys every Friday evening in his home. The late Michael Green, curate at Holy Trinity Church in Eastbourne. He was the curate during my formative years as a young Christian. He was to become a reverend doctor, a canon, and an advisor to two archbishops on the whole subject of evangelism. And then there was Chuck Smith, the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel in America. As I drove round the various shops that uh, I oversaw from my bakery in Eastbourne, I would listen to his tapes right from, generation, from Genesis right the way through to Revelation. And they were a tremendous help, blessing and encouragement to me. With regards to the things of the Spirit, I suppose Bryn Jones and Alec Buchanan, conference speakers at Horden Court in Exmouth, were major influences in Ruth and my spiritual life. Edmund Heddle from Ashburnham, who oversaw the fellowship in the early days. And of course, Terry Virgo, who for many years had apostolic covering over the fellowship. These men really led us into the things of the Spirit. And what an encouragement and blessing that has been to us. You may also remember John Wimber, the pastor from uh, the American church, Vineyard, and the signs and wonders and healing conferences um, that he led. We learned so much from him. We, of course, learned about spiritual gifts, which are used for building up the church, and spiritual fruit, which the Holy Spirit having planted seeds in our lives at conversion, must be allowed to nurture, to grow, to develop, and to watch those beautiful gifts of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and long-suffering growing in each one of our lives. And then finally, worship. We have been so blessed over the years at this church to have gifted and anointed worship leaders. It began with Jeff Shearn and has continued through the years. I hope you're a worshipper, not just on Sundays when you come to church, but during the rest of the week. Because you know, worship is a lifestyle. It's not just a weekly experience. Jesus said, go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, says this, be filled with the Spirit, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing 
and make music in your hearts to the Lord. There are many other things I've learned along the way and could share with you if only we had time. Such as marriage, Jehovah Jireh, the amazing way that God has provided for Ruth and I over the years. Mentoring and accountability, being a mentor and also allowing other people to mentor or disciple you. Reading and writing, building a Christian library, making notes of sermons and recording them and reading them in the future to hear what God has said to you in the past. Witnessing. I can remember going out fishing on the streets in Eastbourne before the Youth of Christ meetings and bringing in the teddy boys and we would have three or four hundred people in the town hall in Eastbourne. They were amazing times. I could share with you something about leadership. Leadership is all about serving. It's about sacrifice. Jesus said that he came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And that should be our style of leadership. But sadly, we don't have time to look at these things in more detail. So let me finish with family, friends, and fellowship. The third most important event in my life was when I fell in love with Ruth. As I said, we first met at a retreat in Ashburnham. I was serving supper at the time, and Ruth walked through the door. For me, it was love at first sight. We were married four years later, and I now had two friends, Jesus in heaven and Ruth on earth, two best friends. There's nothing like it in marriage when your partner becomes your best friend. Tim, Andy and Rachel soon completed our family. Yes, I had already learnt along the way the importance of family, friends and fellowship. Almost 40 years ago, four families met in Hailsham Methodist Church. They were Nigel and Sandra Coltman, Paul and Doreen Endersby, Jeff and Jean Shearn, and Ruth and myself. Four years later, on the 8th of February 1981, God birthed Hailsham Christian Fellowship, which has become Christchurch. Three families are still with us today, and Jeff and Jean worship at King's in Eastbourne. Our friendship has deepened over the years, and we still spend quite a lot of time with one another. Christian friends are actually more than friends. They're family. They're always available at times when you need support or encouragement. Friends also speak the truth. But because they're Christians, they speak it in love, as Paul said they should. I would encourage you, perhaps from time to time, to sing a lovely hymn. It was written by Joseph Scriven, and it's entitled, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I would also encourage you to make 
and to keep godly friends. Proverbs tells us this. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. It also says there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I can confirm that that is Jesus. And so these are some of the things I have learnt in my 70 years walking with the Lord Jesus. What an incredible walk it has been. He has certainly given me an abundant life, one which has been purpose-driven, purposes that he has given to me, a life that he has given to me. He has been my constant companion every moment of every day. Let's just pray. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are our creator and sustainer, that you are our saviour and friend. I thank you that by your death upon the cross, you bore the punishment for our sins. And through repentance and faith, we can be born again. I thank you for the Bible, your living word, that speaks to us day by day. Help us to claim its promises and to apply its teaching to our daily lives. I thank you that you love to spend time in our company and converse with us. May we always be conscious of your presence with us every moment of every day. I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. May he continue to fill us, empower us, and lead us into all truth. May we continue to use the gifts he has given us to his glory and allow the seeds he has sown in our lives to grow into attractive and fragrant fruit. May we bear fruit for him. Finally, we thank you for one another, your family, your ambassadors in this community. Lord, we pray that you will keep us in unity and yet your love flow between us and reach out into this hurting world. And all the people said, Amen. <laughs>